Romans have been enjoying wine for 8,000 years or more, and there's never been entry exams, literacy tests, diplomas, or membership fees. You can go as far or deep as you want, or just take it all in and find your happy place. That being said, we like to spend our week looking for things that we can share with you in this space and time. We'll give you food for thought, ideas for adventures, and most weeks, tips, pointers, and insights that you can use the minute the program ends. Wine has always united us. It still does. And we've never needed that more. So climb aboard. There is no time like the present to get your adventure started. So here's your host, the doctor of deliciousness, the chairman of the Bordeaux, the top gun of wine fun, David Wilson. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I got the most interesting and I think very exciting news a couple of days ago, and I had to immediately dump my plans for this week's show because I had to get all over this story, because it's a story that goes back to the ancient days of Grape Encounters, the very beginning, all the way back to year one, and really, it was almost show one. It was only a couple of episodes into Grape Encounters, and I've done subsequent shows on this topic. I think I've done it three times, actually, but none like the first time that ended up having repercussions in another person's life that are just mind-bending. Here's what the show was. The topic of the show was, you too can be a winemaker. And the reason that I chose that topic was I was just getting to know the winemakers in the San Ynez Valley. For those of you who are not familiar with California, it's just about an hour and a half above Los Angeles. It's a great winemaking region at least at the time, wasn't all that well-known compared to other places. And a bunch of really nice down-home winemakers there, but a lot of them had one thing in common, and that is that they didn't go buy a bunch of land and plant a bunch of grapes and build a glorious winery. Instead, they found ways to get into winemaking, tiptoeing into the pool. And it turns out that An awful lot of people were beginning to do that, and they still do today. And so I did this show, You Two Can Be a Winemaker, and lo and behold, there's this guy. And he's like a top executive at Disney Films. And there's a good chance you probably heard the show because we repeated it and we've had him on since. His name is Gil Gannon. And Gil has, I think, if I have this correct, about 600 motion pictures to his credit. And he fell for it. (laughs) He took me literally and he decided that maybe he ought to entertain this notion. And what does he do? He eventually turns in his resignation at Disney, gets into the winemaking business and never looks back. And now there's a new chapter to the story. I think a very exciting chapter. And Gil is with me right now. And Gil, you... I want to say look great, but you also have become a hippie, which is great. How are you? Excellent, David. Thanks for having me on your show. Do you like being a hippie? 
You got the long I, hair. Oh, now. It's super I, cool. Yeah, I'm always a rock and roll guy. Okay. Oh, you and know what? That's right. You're more of a rock and roller. I'm sorry. You've got that look, that very cool look. I can't pull that off, but you pull it off so fantastically. You do look like a rock star. Absolutely. Gil, you were at the time... VP, you were heading up post-production? Yeah, post-production at Walt Disney Studios. And we basically say that's everything you need to make your movie from the minute the director yells, cut. Then it goes into post-production. So yeah. it's all editing and sound, visual effects and titles and that many languages. And eventually Disney even bought a couple animation companies over in Hong Kong. And they said, hey, that guy knows about that. Something you'll know now, right, is when you're trying to live in multiple time zones, dealing with people around the globe, it can be quite exhausting. So is there in wine a job that is the wine equivalent to the job that you had at Disney? Yeah, I think everything in life in general, it's all about your bag of tricks. And it's a good thing to have a large bag is always going to be better than to have a small bag. So you're more equipped to deal with everything. And same thing in my movie career. What was always fascinating is every day was different and you weren't sure what was coming your way that particular day. Yeah. And so that can happen. And very much the same in the wine business with what I did, because along the way, I took everything on from even farming and, and making the wine and doing all of that. At any given day, you're not sure what you're going to really run into. And to me, that is what drives me. That absolutely makes life exciting. And then I always love a challenge. You know, I say, bring it on. But it is like that. So in your Hollywood life, then when a project is then passed on to you, you can go a lot of different directions with it then, I guess. I I've always imagined that there was one very strict way of doing things because everything is so controlled in the filmmaking process. But I guess they left it to you to figure out how to get from point A to point Z. In other words, Gil, we don't care how you do it. Just do it and do it within budget. Yeah, they always want it on budget, on time, and heavy emphasis on the on time. If we say that movie comes out on Friday, then it comes out on Friday. And you never say die. You just got to get it done and do the best that you can every single day. And it's exciting for sure. All right. Before we take a break, I want to explain what this milestone is for you. You stayed in Southern California. You made the decision to get into winemaking, but you went down to Temecula for a lot of reasons. Family still growing up. You're still working in movies in one respect or another. You also are a member of a very interesting and elite rock and roll band. The show that you heard was with Wes Hagen, who has probably been on Grape Encounters more times than anybody else. I think he's just one of the most amazing, interesting guys in wine. I thought so then, 15 years later, I think so now. And it, was, it wasn't me that convinced you. I think it was Wes. And then there was also Keith Sarlos from Sarlos and Sons, who had just done exactly what we were preaching. He and his family jumped into winemaking, having no experience doing it. And so you were just like totally intrigued by this. But you went down to Temecula, which is fine. And now big news is you get to go up and play with the boys in the San Inez Valley. That's where Wes and Keith Sarlos are at. 
Cool. Yeah. How about that? It's full circle. Yeah. Super exciting. You could go any place and sporting that rock and roll look that you've got. I could see you up in the Willamette Valley. You'd fit in really nice there. Yeah. Why Santa Inez Valley? For anybody that's ever been here, I think that's an easy answer. It is just one of the most beautiful places on earth. Whenever I would travel up and down the 101 and I'd come over that grade after Goleta and go through the tunnels. And as I came down, I would always say, this is one of the most beautiful places on earth. Wouldn't it be great if someday we could live here? Yeah. And uh, that someday is today. So to answer your question, why the move and why now? It's just life has many different roads along the way. And sometimes you choose one, sometimes you choose another. And this was just for this time in our life. You know what I was going to say? The San Inez Valley is aging more gracefully than a lot of other wine countries. That is to say, it's not becoming Disneyland. Sorry to say Disneyland, but it's not becoming an amusement park. It's still very down home, small producers, very real. And yes, such a lovely place with such lovely, wonderful people. I hope that they don't tar and feather you for being a Hollywood type. But no, I listen, Gil, we got to take a break. Okay. I have a surprise for you today. Oh, boy. Guess what? In just a little bit, not just yet, we're going to have Wes Hagen on the show. And you've never talked to him. And after 15 years, you either are going to say thank you, Wes, or you're going to call him out for ruining your life. Yeah. Oh, no. That's <laughs> fabulous, David. Thanks. All right. Okay. We are going to take a break right now. Going to be right back with my bud, Gil Gagnon. And I got to remember to tell you why it was that Gil me up on the idea of becoming a winemaker, but didn't tell me about it for, I think, five to seven years. That's a funny story unto itself. We'll be back with more Grape Encounters right after this. Something amazing happened on my last visit to Total Wine & More. Not only did I find my favorite Cabernet, but I got it for the lowest price. In fact, the price was so low that I thought they made a mistake. Nope. Ultra-low prices are no mistake at Total Wine & More. This is why I notoriously end up bringing home way more great bottles than I originally planned. Someone once said, when faced with more than one good choice, take them all. I can relate and can't wait to return to Total Wine and grab some real gems for upcoming visits with friends. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, find what you love and love what you find only at Total Wine and More. And drink responsibly, be 21. The only thing that Mendocino County winemaker Greg Graziano can't tell you about wine is how many different choices he makes. It's somewhere between dozens and cowabunga. Artisans like Greg don't count, they create. Did Da Vinci or Michelangelo take inventory? Let's just say that Italians like Greg can easily get carried away, especially when it comes to food and wine. Great wine is in Greg's DNA. His immigrant grandparents started making Mendocino wines in the early 20s, and despite being the head honcho of the much-beloved Graziano family of wines, Greg is just a humble, lovable guy. When you play in the dirt all day, you can't help but be down to earth. Ask your wine cellar for Graziano Wines, or just visit GrazianoFamilyOfWines.com. They've got five different brands. Why? Well, because Italians tend to have big families. Life is just more fun with a Graziano at your table. Welcome. 
Welcome back to Grape Encounters, where people sometimes ask why anyone would drink a fine wine out of a red Solo cup. The answer is pretty simple, because we can. And we're back with Grape Encounters Radio, and I have not had a conversation, and I'm going to say something like five years with Gil Ganyan. Is that about right, Gil? Probably even a little more. I think 2016, so maybe seven. Yeah, we had all kinds of plans, you and I. Then you took off, you built a house in Temecula, and that's pretty exciting. And you planted a beautiful vineyard, and then I went up to Paso Robles, and I don't know. Life happens, and that's just the way that goes. But let's talk about this place that you're going to. Temecula is such a busy place. So many people go there. Millions of people go there from L.A. and Orange County. How's this adjustment going to feel for you? What are you excited about going to the St. Inez Valley? What are you looking forward to? You know, well, I think you even nailed it. The one thing that Temecula does really well is, of course, scale. There's very large scale and hospitality and all of that. And that's fabulous for that. The difference is when you come to Santa Barbara County, things slow down a little bit and it's okay to be small. That's what I've always been about. And there's just a bigger diversity of the sizes of wineries. Up in this area, you have some really giant wineries. You've got some mid-sized wineries and you have boutique wineries. And to me, I love that. I never wanted to be huge. I want it just small, intimate, where I'm always yeah. in front pouring the wine and doing that. And this is the right area for that. And I know I belong here and it feels great. My more immediate goal is to open a small tasting room in the area. So again, I can just get in front of customers, pour my wine. I've been working on some Santa Barbara County wines for a while now, and I'm going to be excited to release those later this year. And it just couldn't be better. And I'm getting good reception here. I've gone and poured my wine for a couple people and a couple of the restaurants here. Of course, the famous Los Olivos Wine Merchant Cafe, they brought in a couple of my wines and there's a new restaurant in Solvang called The Craft House and they're excited to have my wine in there as well. So people are welcoming me. Fabulous. You've not met Keith Sarlos yet either. I have not. You know what? I don't understand you because these guys had such a huge impact on your life. You took these guys to heart. I think it's really actually pretty amazing and it's Speaks a lot about you that you heard two guys and you just realized that they were genuine. But why wouldn't you go over there and say, hey, Keith, we got a lot of catching up to do. You changed my life. Yeah, I think maybe in my own mind, I'm always thinking those guys, I know how busy it can be to be in the wine business, especially if you're wearing all hats like those guys do. And certainly like I do, I know even my own time is limited, but I know that their time is even much more limited. I guess I always just felt like, oh, I don't want to bother them. That's probably the biggest driver. Yeah, got it. Gil, I got to take a little break in the action here for just a second because there is a knock-knock at our digital door and it is none other than the guy who cost you millions of dollars, who changed your life, who stopped you from getting 100 film credits a year. None other than Wes Hagen has joined us. And seriously, truly, you guys never met. Wes, 
Meet Gil, Gil meet Wes. Hey, Wes, there he is. I can see you. Indeed. And it looks like uh, I see a rather uh, important award in back of you off your uh, right shoulder. So that's impressive. Where are you in the world this morning? I'm in Santa Inez. Santa Inez. I know the area very well. Yeah. I can't see what the award is. Like an Emmy to me. That was all yesterday. Yeah, we're the gold medals for the Cabernet. That's the other side. You'd rather have the wine medals, Gil, than the Emmys. So here's the story. And we've been talking for the last 15 minutes or so, Wes. It was 15 years ago, roughly. You were on the show with me. Keith Sarlos was on the show. The show was You Two Can Be a Winemaker, Gil Ganyan, big M executive in Hollywood and Disney films. Do I have that right? Are you credits on like 600 films? Is that about right? Yeah, I've worked on about 600 films. I don't put my name on all of those because I was an executive for a lot of times. So the people that work for you put your names. My name is on a lot of movies too, but or even at Disney, they have a policy when I went there that they actually did not allow the executives to put your names on it. But I I shepherded certainly the post-production of all of those movies, whether they were live action or animated. And then, of course, it's Disney. So all the Pixar movies, as well as even outside films, all go through your hands. And there were 15 different departments. And as I mentioned, even some animation visual effects companies over in Hong Kong, I oversaw as well. So just a lot going on. We probably both know Andy Bird, who's a great wine lover. Oh, yeah. I think he was president of Disney International for a while. And he was in my wine club. And that dude could taste. And he was an incredibly supportive guy as far as the wine industry. And very lucky to have people throughout Disney in my life. Love the films, love what you've done, love the mythology. I'd say Disney, to me, is one of the most important American mythologies that we have. And thank you for all those films, because yeah. I still watch them to this day. Yeah, I certainly love being a part of the Disney history and cherish my time there for sure. Well, Wes, we had talked about it before you joined the conversation that for a lot of reasons, because Gil was still working in films, but not necessarily full-time for Disney. Also because of a young family. And also, I don't know that you even know this, Wes, but Gil is a rock and roller and is part of a band that consists of Studio Mucky Mucks. And we'll talk about that in just a second. He made the decision to go down to Temecula and build a life down there. But, you know, it's kind of now at a point where he wants to live the San Inez Valley dream where guys like you just sit in a hammock all day long, sipping fine wine. Yeah, we put the hammock between the barrel stacks and uh, just a straw into the mid part of a nice barrel of Pinot Noir. I don't know if you ever, Wes, really took me seriously when I told you the story about Gil. When a guy is working for an air conditioning company or is an accountant or whatever he is, a dentist, and decides to become a winemaker, a big studio job is a hard job to get. And that's a huge decision to make. And I was really shocked when I heard the story about Gil doing this. And by the way, I started to tell this earlier that Gil did not ever tell me or get word to me for, I don't know, what was it, Gil? Like five to seven years, I think it was. And when I finally got to meet you because somebody else had interviewed you and told me about how you had gotten into the wine business, I said, Gil, how come you never contacted me? And your answer was, because I didn't want to call you until I knew my wine was good enough. Oh, is that crazy? That's a good story. And then we met and I remember that moment of truth. I went up there and we met and you took me out to dinner up in Paso and we went to an 
Italian restaurant, if I remember right. And it was a moment or two to pop the cork on that bottle. And I think you rather liked it. Absolutely fantastic. Anyway, so we're going to take a little breather, fellas. We'll be back with Gil Gagnon and Wes Hagen right after these messages. Total Wine and More is to wine enthusiasts from beginners to experts what the Smithsonian is to lovers of history and culture. That's why every visit results in countless new discoveries and at least one, if not a dozen, new favorites. On my last visit, I didn't know if the Cab, the Syrah, or the Francia Corta wowed me the most, but I ended up buying as much wine as I could fit in my car. For more than 30 years, Total Wine and More has been the undisputed champion where selection, expertise, the lowest prices, and friendly, unpretentious service are concerned. Find what you love and love what you find, only at Total Wine and More. And please, drink responsibly, B21. At MM Organics, we're surrounded by health nuts. That's because we're obsessed with lowering blood pressure, cholesterol, and the risk of cancer. We want to make weight loss easier and help you strengthen everything from your heart to your teeth, nails, and hair. Full disclosure, those health nuts are actually dry-farmed heirloom certified organic raw walnuts. Rich with essential vitamins and nutrients, they're vastly superior to other nuts. Imagine, walnuts can actually lower stress and boost your brain power. No wonder MM Organics customers are so darn smart. MMorganics.com is where you'll find our uniquely irresistible raw walnuts, walnut butter, oil and flour, sprouted flavored walnuts, and decadent fair trade chocolate covered walnuts, which pair beautifully with our legendary two horse port style wine. MMorganics.com. Eating any other nuts is just plain nuts. We're back with more grape encounters. Did you know that there are approximately 600 grapes in every glass of wine and about 3,000 in every bottle? And remember that breakfast cereal commercial that claimed there were two scoops of raisins in every package of their Bran Flakes product? It's a good thing most people don't drink wine for breakfast because the potential to have more than your fair daily share of grapes is definitely there. Thank goodness farmers grow more grapes than any other fruit. Aren't grapes groovy? Back with Grape Encounters Radio, and on with me, Wes Hagen. Nobody has taken up more Grape Encounters airtime besides me than Wes, because he is our go-to guy. And Wes, I want to talk about in just a second what's going on with your life because we haven't checked in with you in several weeks now. And then Gagnon, Gagnon Cellar. Gagnon Cellars has been in Temecula in far Southern California, but now moving up to really Wes's neck of the woods. And Gil would not be in the wine business were it not for Wes only they've never met until today. If that makes any sense at all, good luck. Wes made a pretty interesting career change here yourself. Tell us what you're doing. Sure. So basically left the Miller family last year and started working for James Ontiveros, Native Nine Wines, a story that goes back to 1781 in California. Fantastic wines made by Justin Willett, rock star winemaker. 
And now I am the brand ambassador and estate host. I do private tours and tastings and the market work for Native Nine Wines. And if anyone's interested in tasting those wines and coming out to the Valley, they can always reach out to me, westwines at gmail.com. And that's what I'm doing now, tasting and supporting these wonderful wines from Native Nine. Chardonnay, Pinot Noir from Old Vineyards, Rancho Vineto, 50-year-old Chardonnay on its own roots, Rancho Ontiveros, Pinot Noir, 25-year-old clone Pinot Noir and Cabernet from the Riata Vineyard. So yeah, Cab, Shard, Pinot, that's it. Three wines and 750 cases of vintage. So it's one of the smallest productions of wine in Santa Barbara County, micro boutique, and chosen in 2021 by Wine and Spirits Magazine as one of the top 100 wineries in the world. What? Yep. At 750 cases, it's a miracle. How do you do that with 750 cases? Isn't that crazy? His name is Justin Willett, and his name is James Ontiveros. I've got maybe one of the greatest wine growers in the history of Santa Barbara is my boss. And he has hired perhaps one of the greatest wine makers in Santa Barbara history and Justin Willett to make these wines. These wines are just absolutely, they're the greatest Santa Barbara wines you've never tasted, except maybe for Gill's. Gill, when will we have the first wines? Hopefully in a few more months, probably early summer. How excited are you, Gil, to hand a bottle of your wine over to Wes to taste? I will be very honored to have that happen. And we will share that wine and cherish the moment for sure. I love that. I have to warn you, though, he is a Pinot guy. Okay. I'm a wine guy. There's two secrets to this. Number one, even though I was a Pinot Noir specialist, I've always said that the greatest grape we grow in Santa Barbara County is Chardonnay. I still believe that. The other secret, I think, is what Gil's going to be going through and recognizing as a moment from his original career in entertainment. I've always said making a bottle of wine is like producing a Broadway play or like making a movie. It takes a year to grow it, takes a year to make it. And then after two and a half years, you basically open a bottle the same way you would open Variety or you would open the New York Times to look at your opening night review. Taking two years of your life to do something, put it in a bottle of wine and then pull in that first cork and putting it in a glass, sticking your nose in it and asking yourself, does that smell warrant two years of agency and hard work in my life? And I bet that's exactly how you feel at the opening of a movie. So you've got it. You've got the flutter, how to handle the pressure and you know how to perform. So I think your career in entertainment just absolutely works perfectly and bifurcates right into the wine industry. Yeah, it translates well for sure. And you nailed it. That is exactly the feeling you get for sure. So let me ask you both this question. I'll let you both answer separately. You don't need to, in your case, Wes, name any particular producer because you've worked for other companies. But is there a particular bottle of wine that you produced that you pulled that cork and said, oh, no? Yes? Yes. I've had wine that um, I've had barrels that I've kicked out of a program. I had a 2005 Chardonnay from Clopepe Vineyards that if I had the opportunity, we only made 75 cases. But if I had to do it again, I would basically have thrown that wine down the drain. I think it was the worst wine I ever made. And I made some serious production mistakes that I'll never make again. But yes, I am not a perfect winemaker. I'm not the best winemaker in Santa Barbara. I'm competent at worst. And sometimes I make some pretty amazing wine. But Sometimes you just write a bad song, you make a painting you're not proud of, you write a poem that reminds you of what you would have written in seventh grade. And looking back, there were some people that loved that wine. Um, I was not one of them. So what about you, Gil? Yeah, 
same thing. Sometimes things go wonderfully. And then sometimes you raise an eyebrow a little bit and then you wonder what the public's going to think when you get in front of people. And for the most part, I've had really good success with it. But occasionally there's a couple wines throughout the years. I'm probably nearing 35 wines I've produced. And there's going to be a couple that, you know, I was not proud of, but they still sell out. Even with that being said, it is what it is, but there's not much you can do once it's committed itself. Wes, this is actually a really interesting question that I don't think we've really talked about much on the program. But the answer to this, most of that wine that you're talking about does not get dumped down the drain. What happens? A lot of it would get bulked out. You sell it to a producer that can take 300 gallons of Chardonnay and blend it into 3,000 gallons. And suddenly maybe a little bit of a problem with the wine becomes charming in the blend. So it can get bulked out and put into other wines and larger producers. Sometimes it does go down the drain. I think that's a really good indication of a really quality producer that says, this is not wine that we want with our name on it. Because you can sell it in the bulk market. You think it's a secret, but everyone knows that you bulked out some crap and it might come back to haunt you later in your life. In the end, most winemaking has been extraordinary since 2008. I've seen a huge change in wine quality since we had that big recession. I think a lot of the winemakers that were kept on in a great economy lost their job after 2008. So I think since 2008, we've seen an increase in wine quality that has never been seen in a 20-year period before. And I think we are in the golden age of wine. We are finally catching up, not as much in a glut anymore. The supply and demand is evening. So we are seeing like everything else, prices going up a little bit. But I still think you can buy the best wine for the best quality to price ratio today than any other moment in the history of human history. Oh, by the way, you guys, I want to tell you something that's really interesting. Ten years ago, I moved to the Paso Robles region, and that next year, it was named Wine Enthusiasts Wine Region of the Year. The Santa Barbara region, where the San Ynez Valley is, right? That's where I started Grape Encounters Radio. That was named, in the last ten years, Wine Region of the Year. And then last week, the Abruzzo region, where I live right now, was named Wine Region of the Year. That's speciously wonderful. Yeah. It might have touched there, David. Well, you know, Although I, it might have had no gold in his tomb except his beer. I, I'm thinking about actually selling myself to the uh, highest bidder of whoever wants to become Wine Region of the Year next. Because looking west online and trying to figure out how many wine regions there are, there's actually thousands. And so I've, in the last 10 years, been closely associated with three of them. And of the other seven, only one of them do I not have close ties, and that's Champagne. I Mm. don't have a lot of connection there, but all of the others, yes. So it's pretty exciting. So what would your advice, Wes, be to Gil also to anybody that would want to come to a place like the San Ynez Valley and find their way in to community there? How do you become part of a community where it's a region that is small in terms of the number of players, but they're making high quality wine and they have a way of doing things? How do you fit in? I think it's a pretty easy, I would probably use my example from my career as opposed to other careers. Some people come into the Valley and they buy a piece of property and they want to get it involved in an AVA and maybe they'll work to get the AVA moved so their new property is in. That's not the way to make friends in the wine industry up here. I think the way to make friends in the wine industry here is to carry water. 
When I first came to the region, I started going to meetings. I volunteered, did what you're supposed to do as a rookie, which is support everybody else, join the Santa Barbara County Vintners, go to as many events as you can, be brave, be cool, be a good neighbor, and put your wine in as many important glasses as possible, and don't be shy, and I don't think he's got a problem with that. We're in this business for the passion, the love, and the idea that a bottle of wine is an investment to keep the people we love at table for an extra hour every day. If I want to make more money, I'll go weld stainless steel, but I love the wine industry because I love to make friends and have conversations around table with delicious things and a glass of wine. All right, guys, we got the home stretch coming up. We have Wes Hagen here. I think he is the single best resource I have ever known in wine. If I want an easy to understand answer, you ask Wes. And then there's Gil Ganyan, whose amazing credentials in movies have successfully translated into wines of the same caliber as the movies that he makes. And that's all I need to say about Gil because his name is attached to the big ones and his wines are really world-class and it's exciting to know both of these guys will be back with more Grape Encounters right after this. At every family gathering, my brother Steve and I each bring several bottles of wines and try to one-up each other. I bring wines from all over. Steve only brings wines from California's Mendocino wine country, where he's lived for decades. And even though there are hundreds of great wineries there he can choose from, he mostly brings wines from the Graziano family of wines. Now you'd think you'd see a lot of duplicates from past gatherings since most producers only make 6 to 12 wines, but Graziano has 5 brands that make literally dozens, upwards of 30 mostly Italian varietals, and all rock stars. Made by the real rock star, Greg Graziano. You can hear my recent interview with Greg at GrapeEncounters.com, and you can find Graziano wines all over America, or buy them online at GrazianoFamilyOfWines.com. I've never confessed how much I love Graziano wines to my brother, and uh, let's keep it that way. This edition of Grape Encounters is being brought to you by my all-time personal fave, Total Wine and More. Absolutely nobody, and I mean nobody, makes great wines, spirits, and beer from around the globe more accessible and affordable than Total Wine and More. Whether you're an expert, a sommelier in training, or just a wine-loving consumer that could do without all the jargon, Total Wine and More speaks your language. I find new favorites every time I visit, and always, always at the lowest prices. I'm confident you will too. Find what you love, love what you find, only at Total Wine and More. And please, be 21. I almost thought I would never see the day that I would actually introduce Wes Hayden and Gil Gagnon because I've wanted for these guys to meet now for many years. Gil's career in winemaking was a direct result of Wes's effusive way of talking about wine. Wes, you are the most effusive person in the wine world. And you really do make wine larger than life. And what I also love about you, Wes, is that you just aren't pretentious at all. You just aren't. Gil, talk about what wines you're planning on making. What are we going to see from you? So far, you 
know, over the last 12 years, I have tended to focus on those bigger reds. And so I love cab and petite Syrah and I'm passionate about those, but I'm 12 years into this and there's going to be certainly a little bit of when in Rome happening because while I know you're not the biggest fan of Pinot, I know I do plan on, hey, you're here making a fabulous Santa Rita Hills Pinot and Chardonnay has definitely got to be off the plate. I'm also a big fan of the Syrah around here. So I probably plan on something like a nice Syrah from Santa Barbara County. And so I'll take it from there and start slow and ease into it. But I always like to keep the hit parade going. And that's what I'll try to do. Wes, besides Native 9, give me just like maybe two or three names that people should look out for from the area that are really worth taking. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'll throw Justin Willett's other brand, Tyler. I think the Tyler wines are definitely worth seeking out. I'll say Ken Brown wines. I think Ken's been making some of the best wine. And Ben Van Antwerp, my previous intern at Clo Pepe, is the cellar master and making do some assistant winemaking for Ken. Longoria in Lompoc, I think is absolutely spectacular. I also like Dragonette in Los Olivos. Brewer Clifton also, I think, in Los Olivos is doing amazing work. Even though the brand was bought by Jackson Family, I think they're doing, I think Greg is still doing amazing work with the wine by Greg Brewer, Diatome, as well as Ex Post Facto and, and his Brewer Clifton label. I think those are a really good start. And if you're going to come to San Ynez Valley, do reach out to me. I'd love to be the Julie McCoy cruise director of your experience here. You put your yacht hat on, we'll put on some REO Speedwagon and take you for a nice trip around. Westwines at gmail.com. Reach out. Let's have some fun in the valley. I might mention too that if you Google Wes, he's got some great video. My favorite thing, it's no secret, is Wes explaining the entire history of wine in what is it, Wes? Just a couple of minutes, right? I can do three, five, seven, thirty, or a, an hour, depending. If you want five minutes, I need a day to prepare. If you want an hour, I can do it off the cuff. Yeah, I absolutely love it. And that's where I really fell in love with you is standing out in the drive of Clo Peppy, and there was a group of us there and you did that. I think it was like two minutes and we all sat there with our jaws dropping at just how beautifully you explained where wine came from and how it got where today. Brilliant stuff. It's one of my secrets about being a wine educator and a wine marketer is the fact that I don't sell wine specifically. I'm not going to sell you a bottle or a vintage. I'm going to sell you the idea of the bottle or the vintage in context with way wine has been for 10,000 years. I think the thing we don't do in this industry is we don't teach wine from a non-branded perspective. And one thing I find in the market that gets more traction and more interest as far as listening to me is to have a different outlook and a different way to educate wine that's not brand focused, that is humanity focused. And that's how I'll close. By, yeah, cheers to by the way, I'm doing this consulting work here in Italy with Venom Hadrianum and I'm wrapping up a, in fact, Gil, you've seen the script. It's a, about a 10 minute video, Wes, on this project product that they're producing, but the whole point of it is that why the project is so special is that it puts the wine in context. It puts the mm -hmm. wine in context. And I think that is the thing that everybody is missing. And it's so important that if you're drinking wine out of a box at a backyard barbecue, the most inviting pool, good friends, good music, it's fine because in that context, that wine will taste as delicious as anything that you could have bought at a good wine shop. On the other hand, you can take the most fabulous wine and open it under the fluorescent lights in the kitchen after you've had a bad day and the kids are running around the house screaming and yelling. You've had a fight with your husband or your wife and that wine's going to 
suck. And that's just the way it is. It's all about context. Now, putting Gil into context, Gil, before we leave, we got one minute, but you're also part of a rock and roll band. And can you just mention the other players in the band? They're all great guys. And one guy, he was the executive producer on all the big pirate movies and everything. And he plays guitar and the bass player also, same thing, made lots of movies. You think whether it's Independence Day, Batman, Superman, any of those kind of movies, or even the Hangover movies, all that kind of stuff everybody loves. And our keyboard player is the head of production for HBO. And so we just have a lot of fun and it's our bowling night and we get to just blow off steam and nothing else matters other than to just crank out some rock and roll. And we have one of my longtime rock and roll buddies that we've been together for over 30 years is the lead singer. And it's a great thing for sure. Where do you guys play? Do you guys play in a garage down in San Inez? No, everybody's down in the LA area. So we rehearse down there at either Third Encore or SIR. Those are nice rehearsal places there. And then we do a few shows a year, mostly for charity and things like that. Or we like New Year's Eve, we played a show at the Canyon Club in Agora. But we've done some other big shows too. But we usually will try to find some sort of charitable aspect to it to make it fun and do it. I do play Latin and African percussion. Love to sit in and just jam with you guys sometimes. That would be amazing. Ah, nice. I'll bring the bubbles. Guys, guys I'm going to connect you guys once we're off the air. I want you guys to get together. I want you both to promise me you're going to do that. And then, Wes, your contact information again is at Wes Hagen on any type of social media and just Wines at gmail.com. And then, Gil, people can buy your wine still, right? Oh, absolutely. Yes. The website is Ganyan Cell that's G-A-G-N-O-N-C-E-L-A-R-S.com. There's a chain of grocery stores, like a Whole Foods type store in, called Barron's down in the Southern California area. And even Los Olivos Wine Merchant will have a few select bottles as well. And if you are in the wine community somewhere nearby, give Gil a call and then give him a big welcome hug to the San Ynez Valley. Gil, congratulations. Wes, congratulations. Awesome. I love you guys. I want to see both of your butts here in Italy, certainly by the summertime, okay? And that's going to be for Grape Encounters today. We'll be back here next week, and there's 707 episodes of Grape Encounters at grapeencounters.com. We'll see you next week. Bye.